0: I don't personally believe that any lesson that I may present will keep John out of trouble. So (laughs) we're just going to go with that. (laughs) It is good to see each of you here tonight. Those who are here present uh, physically and those who are live streaming with us, we praise God for your attendance and uh, look forward to an opportunity again to hear a message from God's holy and divine word. Let's please go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for your goodness. For you are the great God, the only God, the only true God. We praise your holy and divine name and thank you for allowing us to worship you. We realize, Lord God, that we are but dust. and We're thankful that you know that and you remember that. And Lord God, you extend your mercy and grace upon us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your patience that you have demonstrated toward each and every one of us. And we ask, Lord God, that you will bless us tonight uh, with your mercy and your grace to have ears to hear your word, to grow in our faith and our love for you, that you will give us, Lord God, the energy to go back out this week to fight the good fight of faith and to stay faithful, holy and true unto you. We thank you for Jesus, your great Son, who not only demonstrated your love, but also, Lord God, came and lived a perfect life that we might be saved. Thank you for the sacrifice that was made in our behalf. In Jesus' holy and precious name we do pray and thank you to be that will. Amen. Please turn to Psalm chapter 19. We're going to look at life in a positive view, uh looking at nature. Just kind of thinking about some things on a very elementary level uh, of nature. The, uh, the idea of personification is... That it's taking something that is not real and uh, giving it, like if you will, human traits. Uh, so tonight we want to uh, personify, if you will, the idea of some things in nature or some created things in nature. First, being the sun. What if we could be like the sun? And, and I, I'm speaking of the S-U-N. In Psalm 19, beginning at verse 4, the Bible says, Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world, in them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The sun rises, it rejoices, it seems, every, every opportunity, right? The very opportunity to obey the command of God. And the sun, when it rises and it sets in the sky, it blesses all. It blesses the good and it blesses the evil and it doesn't curse at all. In Psalm 143 and verse 8, uh, the idea of God's blessing coming upon us and we being like the sun... Blessing as many people as we possibly can in this life while we remain. In Psalm 143 and verse 8, the Bible says, Let me hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in thee. Teach me the way in which I should walk, for to thee I lift up my soul. To listen to the voice of God, to have that excitement in our hearts to bless people. To bless, You know, the first time I read about blessing God, uh, Matthew, please, chapter 5, you know, it was a thought, how in the world could a person, could a human, a created being, bless God? And yet you see it so often in the scriptures, bless God, that humans are blessing God. And, and that's another lesson for another day. But what about we, God's people, blessing other people, like the Son, blessing all that come into our presence or into our midst Psalm, I mean, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Just the idea of showing the world that we are different in giving them a blessing. A blessing, in fact, instead of a curse. Romans tells us in Romans twelve fourteen to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Don't don't curse people. Instead, bless them to the best of our ability. So, a question that I could ask today, uh, as we turn to Psalm 109, is this: How many people have you blessed today? And not only that, I'll ask because the day is not over: How many people will you bless throughout the rest of this day? Psalm 104, and the verse is 19. The Bible says, "He made the moon." For the seasons, the sun knows the place of its setting. And how important it is to recognize that the sun knows its place. Not just its place for setting, as the scriptures tell us, but it knows its place. And we have to remember to know our place in this world, in this life, to bless and not to curse. And then what about the moon? Genesis, please, chapter 1. Right back to the very beginning, the creation. In verse 16, the Bible says, and God made the two greater lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. And, the, and God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Now, here's what's interesting. The moon doesn't mind being submissive to the sun. Because it is known to us, as God made it, as the lesser light. James chapter 4, please. To be willing to be submissive to the sun as we know our place in life and our place in the relationship to God, it is our responsibility to be like the moon, shine in the darkness, but be submissive as the lesser light. Light, we are a reflection of Jesus Christ. James 4, verse 6 and verse 7. The Bible says, but he gives the greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 10. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. So it's not just knowing our place and being willing to submit. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5 to God. But God also tells us as humans and as the church that we have a responsibility as husbands and as wives to submit to each other. Ephesians 5 verse 21. uh, There the Bible says, And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Verse 22 says, uh going on in this text why is we subject to your own husband's as to the lord i always uh, you know chuckle at that verse because i look at it and and i i always remember that there's a verse before that one <laughs> right, before, right? <laughs> so i gotta go back and read that and say wait there's more to the story right there's a verse before that that we submit to each other uh as we submit to the lord matthew please chapter five and verse forty three The moon shines in darkness and gives us the, if you will, understanding of the power of light. When you look up into the stars or you look up into the sky rather at night, as dark as it possibly could be. And yet that moon will always shine in all of that darkness. And brethren, that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be walking, talking lights. Because this is a dark world that we're living in. And I always think like this, and this is just my the smallness of my brain. When I look up into the sky and I see all the planets, all the stars, the moon, and I think, what if when God looked down on the earth, he saw all of that blackness, and yet as he looked and watched the blackness, he saw the individual Christians spread out in the world, right? And he blesses each one of us and knows us by name. It's a beautiful thought, to me at least, Uh, the idea that God knows where I am. We too must shine in the midst of darkness, in the midst of a dark and a cruel world. Matthew 5, Jesus teaching on the Sermon on the Mount in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but the salt has become tasteless, how to be made salty again. It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on the lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Be in complete and total submission to God, to each other, and let our light, the light of Jesus, shine in the midst of a dark and a cruel world. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. In the midst of this darkness, God says, let your light shine in such a way so that men might see. In other words, what God is saying, that we are to live our lives differently, if you will, from the way the world lives their lives. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, That they might not see the light of the glory of the gospel. The glory of Christ who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus as Lord. And ourselves as your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness. Is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. The glory of God in the face of Christ. Idea that. As Christ shines in us, we got to let that light out, right? And so again, um, when we're walking through the streets, instead of having that gloomy look on our faces, we should have that look of excitement and and desire and and love and joy because we are God's people. And and being God's people is our responsibility to show the light of Jesus to the world, to be the reflection of Jesus Christ. Being like the sun Blessing all and being like the moon, being willing to be submissive to God, but yet let the light shine, the reflection of Jesus. Let that light shine in the midst of a dark and cruel world. Please turn to Job 38. What if we could have the simple trusting faith of animals? Now, in poetic beauty, the scriptures teach us that animals depend on God. Uh, trust in God, to to provide their very food, to take care of them. And in Job 38, uh, it, it's no different. It says in verse 39, sorry, I'm in the wrong place here. Verse 39, the Bible says, Can you hunt the prey for the lion, or satisfy the appetite of the young lions, when they crouch in their dens, and lie in wait in their lyre, who prepares for the raven, its nourishment, when it's young cry to God and wander about without food. In other words, they like children, this simple trusting faith. Just just the trust in God. It's like, you know, our children they don't understand the process of the whole, you know, food, other than they just they say I'm hungry and they know to go to mama and, and mama they, they've learned not to go to daddy because it doesn't taste the same. But they love to go to mama and they'll go to mama, and mama will prepare this delicious meal for them. And they know they're going to get a meal when they ask. And they don't know the process, though, of, of money and, and work and all those things, uh, you know, refrigeration and, you know, freezing. They don't understand that. But they just know that mama's going to give them that food. That's the kind of submission and simple trusting faith that God wants his children to have. We don't always know. We rarely know how God's going to do it. We just know we ask God for His favor and for His blessings that He will, because God is wonderful and good. Psalm 104, the verse 20. The idea, again, of this personification, this idea, this thought in poetic form of the animals being in submission and looking to God and having this simple, trusting faith. Verse 20, the Bible says, Thou dost appoint darkness, and it becomes night. In which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. So then how do we, when you think about trusting God, how much would you say do I depend on God? You know, life becomes so simple, right? Right. Um, Matthew, please, chapter six. It becomes so simple, and and you go through this routine. And sometimes, in going through this routine, um, you, you know, you think about food. It, it's always there. We have freezers and and, and refrigeration, and we're able to, you know, we have closets and et cetera, et cetera, pantries, and there. And the food is is just it's just there. But how many times have we forgotten how where that food's come from? You know, the gift of God. How often have we forgotten? And how much do we really actually truly depend on God? Is it only in difficult times, or do we truly depend on God for everything? Matthew six, in verse twenty six, Jesus taught that. He says, Look at the look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field, they do not toil, nor do they spin. We are valuable to God, and God wants us to understand, to know, and to remember, and never forget that not only is it he that takes care of us, but it is God who always desires to care for his people. We just have to live our lives in simple, trusting faith. Proverbs chapter 12. What about lilies and flowers? Even botany. Botany teaches us about God. Plants and weeds and flowers, they love the roots. They love the sun, but they love their roots, right? And they never forget about their roots. They never forsake the root. Verse 3, Proverbs 12. A man will not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will not be moved. You know who our root is? It's God. God can never be moved. And then the foundation that God sets within our heart keeps us from being moved. And so as the lilies, as the flowers, reach down or dig down, if you will, within themselves to the root, and the root digs into the earth to find its nourishment and sustenance and water and things of that sort we must always dig deeper in our relationship to the Lord never be satisfied with your relationship with God right never just say well you know this is what it is no dig deeper and it's amazing when you keep digging what you'll find out about not only ourselves but what we'll find out about God as he reveals himself to us never be satisfied look at psalm chapter 1 Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 3. The Bible says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Interestingly enough, when you look at the television shows, it looks like the man sitting amongst the scoffers, and the man that's doing those things, (laughs) in verse 1, is the blessed man. He's the happy man. But no, God says, no, blessed is the man who does not do that. In verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit and in its season It uh, and its leaves do not wither and whatever he does he prospers because he digs deeper and deeper and deeper to discover more and more about God. Ephesians 4, please. Not sitting in the seat of scoffers Rather, in complete service and submission to God. Appreciating the good times, but never allow our heart to become ungrateful. And never allow our hearts to become satisfied with our spiritual relationship with the Lord. In that, we stop digging. Keep on digging. Continue to dig. To try to be that perfect human that God expects of each of us. And never forsake God. And what about His Word? Continue to dig into the word of God to discover more and newer interesting truths that God has revealed to us. In verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 4, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by uh, waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects unto Him who is the head, even Christ, to continue to dig and then share the love that we receive from Jesus Christ. There is a peace. There is a peace that we receive as we meditate on the Word of God. You keep thinking about God. You know, when you're you're thinking about the Lord, it's kind of hard when you're in this relationship with God and and you're serving Him. It makes it more difficult for Satan to agitate you. You know, it makes it more more difficult for someone to get under your skin. When you're thinking about God, and God wants us to continually think about Him, to meditate on His Word, and to dig deeper and deeper so that we'll have a rooted conversation. In other words, we'll have something to say when someone asks you a question or someone talks about the physical things. You'll have this ability to turn the physical conversation into a spiritual conversation and that's what god expects of us but you've got to keep digging and digging and practicing in order to get to that point in your life people need to see the beauty of jesus especially in the time of desperation right now turn to isaiah 27 in a time of desperation people just need to see jesus they need to know that number one god is still alive forever will be they need to know that god's people are still here They need to know that God's people pray to God, trust in God, depend on God, and God hears our every prayer. Hezekiah was being threatened by Assyria. And Sennacherib was out, if you will, outside the gates. And he was taunting and mocking and taunting and mocking. And saying, what God is going to save you? There's no God who saved any." Of the the soldiers, of if you will the the nations around us. What God is going to save you? And Hezekiah went home to his bedchamber and he prayed to God often. And Isaiah brings a message of hope back to uh, Sennach, um, back to Hezekiah. And I, w- I want to read just one verse of that hope in Isaiah twenty-seven and verse six. God's deliverance. Verse six says, "In the days to come, Jacob will take root; Israel will blossom and sprout." and they will fill the whole world with fruit. And while this prophecy had one foot in deliverance, if you will, uh, if you go back and read the book of Kings and read about, and also Isaiah going into chapter 30 as well, it has one foot in their time, but it also had one foot to the church, that the church would go out and we would spread, if you will, amongst the world, and we would teach them the blessings and the beauty of God. Israel, today's church, will take a deeper root, And spread more and more and more continually throughout the world. Let us love the Son of God and obey His will for us. I want to close in Ephesians chapter 3, the verses are 14 and following. Being rooted and grounded in faith and love. And tonight, if you have not surrendered your life to God, we encourage you to do so. Surrender to God. Allow God to be what God has always Ben, and that is the maker of all, our great and wonderful everlasting King. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that... Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be lift, excuse me, filled up to all the fullness of God. Now, To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power of the work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Will you give your life to Jesus, the one who is abounding in love and compassion and kindness and mercy and grace? The one who loves you more than, and this is what's amazing, the one who loves you more than you love yourself. And not only that, imagine this, mom and dad. God loves your children more than you do. And that's an amazing thought. When you surrender your life to God, allow him to be what he's always been. God bless you, each one of you.